When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. This is episode five, and I am feeling so good. I'm excited to talk to you today about a topic that might sound kind of funny initially, but this is something that I get either asked about or people comment on to me all the time, which is how I get stuff done. More specifically, people wonder how I get so much stuff done, and of course, those types of things from the inside like hearing it I think gosh I don't feel like I do get that much stuff done or do I get a whole lot more done than other people I don't know I just all I I just know how to do my own life I guess I hear it so often though that I decided to really think about it and kind of dig deep dive into what is the process that I use when I'm getting stuff done you can think of that in quotations every time I say it because it's kind of a funny phrase but Is there a process? Are there steps to the way that I approach projects and goals and achieving things? And I realize that there definitely is, and I'm excited to share that with you today. First, I want to share a couple quick segments. We're going to start with Life Lately. You know we've been working on a renovation since January, and the exterior is finally almost done the navy blue siding is up the porch is finished the porch skirt went on this week that's the lattice underneath the porch and it looks so finished to have that space all covered the next step is to add pavers along the cement uh, sidewalk and then to do some planting and I'm gonna have to do some research because I want these big beautiful limelight hydrangea there's they're white hydrangea and I'd like them to go in front of the porch And it looks like I may want to wait until the spring to do that because of, you know, the seasons. (laughs) And I clearly don't know a whole lot about this. And I would like to have something planted in the fall. So I need to, if anyone has any suggestions about something that would go well with a white limelight hydrangea that will um, do well if I plant it in the fall, just so there's some sort of landscaping out through the winter um, that can kind of establish itself over the winter, I would love your suggestions. Mail them to me. Another fun thing about life lately, now if you're a dog owner, this may sound like a big deal. If you're not, you'll be like, eh, what? We added a dog door into the wall of our kitchen so that Quincy can let herself in and out whenever she wants. And it's been fully finished for about six hours. And it is revolutionary. It's so nice to have her just go out when she wants to and come back in when she feels like it. There's no whining at me, scratching at the door, or anything. It feels like 
She's been potty trained as far as housebroken for a long time, but it feels like she's finally potty trained like my other kids where if she needs to go, she just goes and I don't have to know about it. So that's really exciting. Another fun thing is that my kids are all finally back in school starting tomorrow. So my boys went back last week and Plum will start preschool this week. This is going to be the first time that Plum has gone to an English-speaking preschool. I'm going to dive into bilingual household in a in a future podcast episode because I know people are interested in that. I have spoken Spanish with Plum primarily about 90% since she was about six months old, and she has gone to a Spanish immersion preschool every year for the last three years. And this year, because she's in junior kindergarten and because the Spanish school is so far away from our house, it's kind of a counter commute we decided to put her in an English-speaking preschool, and it feels like a really big step. We're excited. She, of course, speaks English perfectly, and she does understand and speak Spanish well as well. So I feel like I need to make sure that I stay very committed to speaking Spanish with her at home because she's not going to get it reinforced at school, and then I'm going to try a couple other fun Spanish-type activities um, with Plum and with my boys to see if we can, as a family, keep studying and increasing our Spanish language ability, which is really important. And something I'm going to talk about actually a little bit later in this podcast. So everything's looking really fun and feeling good. And that is life lately. The other quick segment I want to start with today is an odd job because I have so many of these and they're so fun. And this is one that has been on my mind a lot lately. When I was 18, I worked as a wilderness counselor at Outback Treatment Wilderness Rehab. This is one of those programs where teenagers, usually teenagers who are having some sort of behavioral issues or have a drug or alcohol dependency, are sent to straighten up and to learn and to grow and to heal. It was an incredible experience. This was in the West Desert of Utah, out kind of in the middle of nowhere, and I worked from early spring through the end of the summer when I started there was snow on the ground and we were building our shelters with tarps and ropes and we were using sticks and pieces of leather as backpacks. The students were all issued two sets of clothing and a sleeping bag and we got some limited food resources and it was true survival. There are so many things that I learned as I worked there but I narrowed it down to three that I want to share today. First, that nature heals and brings perspective. And this is something that has just stuck with me through my whole life. And I knew it before. I grew up really outdoorsy and camping and hiking and stuff. During this program, to see the change that happened when these students were taken from really sort of crazy lives and put in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do and really needing to learn to survive with a little guidance from us as counselors. It was so grounding and really allowed people to become themselves, to kind of shed all of the layers that we add or that society puts on us or that we, you know, school or maybe friends or whatever, all of the um, things that we tell ourselves that we are or that we have to be. All of that melts away when you spend several days out in the middle of nowhere, sleeping in a tarp hammock and eating tuna from a pouch and purifying your water from the stream. (laughs) 
nature heals and brings perspective. And that has been something that I've absolutely carried with me into my adult life. I think I talked about this in episode two about energy management, how going outside into nature on a hike or even on a walk in a park can be really grounding. And that was so emphasized as I worked at Outback Treatment. The second thing is that life isn't all about me. And this is one of those things that was really driven home as I was sitting in a therapy session with one of the students. The lead psychologist was doing a therapy session and I was there as kind of the backup. There was this story that she told about how she, the student, was using the hot water. Her mom used to really get mad at her because she would take a long shower in the morning and she'd use up all of the hot water. And she couldn't see why this was a problem because she needed to take her shower and she liked a long shower and she didn't know why her mom would be so upset about it and as the therapist and the student talked through it one of the things that he mentioned was that life isn't all about you or life isn't all about us as individuals that being aware of our surroundings of the people around us and what they need is just as important as being aware of what we need sometimes the things that you want may have to be put a little bit on the back burner for the courtesy and respect and love that you give to someone else. As an 18-year-old myself, I'm sitting there as a counselor. I realized how hard that hit me because I think in those years, you know, your teenage years, I was just barely, I mean, I wasn't even out of my teenage years yet. You become the center of your universe. And if you don't shift your perspective, then that that can become your entire life, that you are the center of your universe for your entire life. It was really humbling for me to be sitting in on her therapy session realizing that this was something that I needed to hear. So life isn't all about me. The last thing is a skill that is sort of like a party trick these days that I can make fire with sticks. Yes, friends, I am a true survivor. I learned how to make fire using a bow drill, which I I would scope out a bent juniper branch that was just the right amount of bend in it and use a leather shoelace and uh, strip down some yucca and make a little nest out (laughs) out of juniper bark. And I could drill that yucca into a base and create the sparks that I needed to make a fire. It's so awesome. It's not a skill that I can say I've used a whole lot other than just like showing people how cool it is (laughs) outside of that. But there is something really powerful about this ability to create fire and about having some of the skills that may be useful in a survival type of situation. I don't know that I will ever actually need that, but there's something really empowering about knowing how to do things that can help you. So if you're ever stuck on a desert island with someone, you probably want it to be me. I will make a fire for you. I will not use all of the hot water for the shower (laughs) and we'll all be healed by the nature around us. So random, you guys, but something that was a really impactful experience for me that I wanted to share. So that was my odd job. Okay, let's jump into the meat of this podcast, how I get stuff done. Now, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I don't feel like I get that much more done than the next person. In fact, sometimes when people say this to me, I want to ask back like, well, what do you do? Because I don't necessarily feel like I do so much more than other people. In thinking about this, I did recognize a pattern to the way that I get things done. And so I thought that would be helpful for me to share with you. So I'm gonna share the five steps 
to getting stuff done. Number one is to choose something. And this may sound so simple, but it is really, really important because if you don't choose something, you will not do anything. I think one of the problems that we may struggle with if we're not getting a lot done is that we can't decide what it is we want to do. There are so many choices around us, so many things we could be doing. It's very easy to get caught up in the idea of doing the right thing. And we need to recognize that there are lots of right things. Maybe the very most right thing is just the thing that you have decided that you want to do instead of stressing in confusion about what it is that you want to do, just choose something. An example of this that's really close to this podcast is that I recorded my first four episodes before I launched the podcast. It launched and the first three were really well received and I hope the fourth will be really well received and I have a list of about 50 topics that I made as I got started on this idea of a podcast and after recording the first four, I was reading through the list just hoping that something would jump out at me. I was trying to feel like what is the right next episode? What is something that I could share that would be really impactful? What is the the right thing? I did that for a couple days and then I, I realized I just needed to pick one. It didn't matter that much. All of them are right. All of them will be great. So just choose something. Don't get so caught up in wanting it to be exactly perfect that you never move forward. One thing that can be really helpful is to ask yourself, what do I know that I want? At any given time, you're probably thinking about a lot of different things that you could be choosing. In one of those areas, there's probably something that you already decided or that you already know. That is the thing to choose to do because you already know that one. Let the other one sit. An example of this from my life is when I was a sophomore in college. I had just finished my freshman year studying nursing. I'd done a bunch of nursing prerequisites, and I wasn't really sure if that's what I wanted to continue studying. I also liked recreational therapy. That was a fun idea. And as I looked through my classes to try to decide what I wanted to do the following year, I was so confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt unclear. I didn't want to waste time taking classes that weren't going to contribute to my degree. And as I sat back and thought about it, I realized that the only thing that I knew for sure that I wanted was to learn to speak Spanish fluently. I had taken Spanish in junior high and in high school, and I had traveled to Mexico in high school a couple times with the community of caring, and I loved Spanish. I loved the culture. I loved the people. I loved the food of Mexico where I had traveled and I felt like this was something that I definitely wanted as part of my life and so I decided that because that was the only thing that I knew for sure that I was going to defer a semester and take a few months to go do a Spanish immersion program. I found a Spanish immersion school in Costa Rica, got my parents on board, And I went. I spent the entire semester learning Spanish in Nicoya, Costa Rica, and then I transferred up to a program in Cuernavaca, Mexico. And when I came home, I spoke Spanish, if not completely fluently, conversantly. I tested out of about 16 credits, and I got a job almost immediately as a Spanish language translator for the local hospital system. It was so cool to choose something that I knew that I wanted to do and just do it. I still didn't declare my major until a couple years later, 
but I at least had done something that I knew that I wanted to do and that helped me kind of loosen up and feel like it was okay that I could choose some things and explore a little bit more before I made a firm decision. So don't worry about knowing every single thing that you want to do. Focus on the things that you already know. The things that you have already decided are the things that you should start doing. That is a good place to start getting stuff done. As I'm sharing that experience, can you think of something for you that you know you want to do? It can be as simple as you know you want to paint that one room blue or you know you want to organize your junk drawer, or you know you want to write an ebook. What is something that you do know that you want to do, that thing that's been on your list? And this could, you know, maybe go back to episode one to why now is the right time to do that thing that you want to do. But it doesn't have to be a big life-changing event. It just has to be a decision that you've already made that you can move forward on while you're figuring out the other stuff. So try to think of one particular thing. A really simple example for me would be that I knew I wanted to put a bench on my porch next to my porch swing. So when I was at Home Depot last week, I picked up a board and some legs to make a bench. And the reason that it was really easy for me to do that is because I had already decided that I wanted one. So when I saw the materials and I knew that was a project that I could work on because I already knew I wanted to do it, then I just bought the stuff and I built it today. (laughs) And um, so there we go. Number two is to get really specific. So after you choose that thing, you need to get specific. When I wanted to learn Spanish, I could have done that in a lot of different ways. I could have taken more classes in college. I could have gone on a university study abroad, which I did not. I ended up deferring the semester and doing an independent study abroad. I could have bought Rosetta Stone. I just decided what the specific experience that I wanted was, which was going without a school program to an immersion school in the middle of nowhere. I didn't go to the beaches of Costa Rica. I went to the middle of the peninsula so because I wanted as little English as possible. I wanted to really learn Spanish, and so I made it nearly impossible for myself to speak English. Being really clear about the way that I wanted to do it made it easier to do it. Another example of being really specific is with our house here in Richmond. When we decided to move to Richmond, we had already decided that we were going to downsize from our house in Texas. We also knew that we wanted a small, inexpensive fixer-upper in a nice neighborhood near the city where we were walking distance from a school. That really narrowed down the inventory that we were looking at. It narrowed down the neighborhoods. It narrowed down the price range. It narrowed down what we were looking for. So it was really, really easy to make the decision because as soon as I saw our house on Zillow, before I had even done a drive-by, I saw the house and I knew that is my house. It was a really easy decision to make. And I think if you followed me on Instagram, you've probably seen that I saw the house on Zillow. I pulled the image from the front page and I started Photoshopping it. I added a porch. I turned it blue. I had already gotten specific in my head about what I wanted the house to look like. So when we went, I took this rendering and I already knew what it was going to look like. That means that every time I had to make a decision regarding the way that the house looked on the exterior, I had already made the decision because I had gotten really specific in the beginning. So that made it super easy to move forward. My quotes with contractors were right on. They were clear because I knew what I wanted it to be. I had made all of the choices ahead of time and then It was so easy to move forward with them. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, what if I don't know what I want? That's when you go back to number one, 
which is just choose something. It doesn't have to be exactly right because there are lots of different ways to do it right. And so don't stress so much about having it be perfect. Go on Pinterest, browse a little bit, see what jumps out at you, and then allow yourself to have peace in the decision that you make. Get specific about what it is that you want. Don't try to explore every single idea. Just choose one that feels good and run with it. Number three is to break it down into small pieces. Just deciding something and being specific doesn't automatically make things happen, but it's good preparation. Next, you have to break things down into small pieces, bite-sized pieces. As you make your goals small enough that you can actually achieve each little tiny one at a time, then you're well on your way to getting that stuff done. Another example of this may be with the room by room challenge. I've I've spoken about this before in the podcast. And if you're following on Instagram or on Facebook, you may be familiar with the room by room challenge. The whole idea of the room by room challenge is to focus down on one room per month to organize, decorate, and design. And the first thing that you're supposed to do when you choose the room that you want to focus on is to write what's called a punch list. It's basically a list of every single small step that needs to be accomplished in order for the room to be finished. That means that every time you have a bit of free time, you know something that you can do because you already wrote down the list. My room for this month was our small bathroom in the hallway. And some of the things on my punch list were call the plumber to reattach the hot water, which was for some reason was not attached. (laughs) Call the electrician because there was not an outlet in the bathroom. I needed him to add an outlet. Order grout stain from Amazon get new shower hardware, order a light, stain the grout, order privacy window film, install the window film, organize the linen closet, and add a couple plants. (laughs) So those are all really specific things. I had decided what I wanted it to look like. I had to, you know, get all of these things done, order some stuff, even just order grout stain from Amazon. And I will put some pictures of the bathroom before and after and link to the post where I talk about staining the grout in the show notes. Even just ordering the grout stain, how easy was that? I had to sit down one day and actually do it, though. Because if I hadn't ordered the grout stain and it didn't come to the front porch, then I wouldn't have had it there the next time I thought, I have a little bit of time to work on a project. What could I do? Because I had already ordered it, I had it. And then when I had time and energy to stain the grout, I was prepared to do it. Breaking things down into small pieces that you can accomplish to prepare yourself to accomplish them means that you can actually get stuff done. I hope this is all making sense. (laughs) Number four is to ignore everything else for a minute. This one is really, really important because it's not always easy to just get stuff done because there's always something else that you could be doing. So while you work on each of these small steps that you've created for yourself, you will have to ignore everything else. Multitasking is the fastest way to feel like you are spinning your wheels and not going anywhere. If you're trying to stain the grout, you can't also be making dinner. You can't do those two things at the same time. It doesn't actually matter that much what you're doing as long as you are focused on doing it all the way. This is mindfulness. Mindfulness involves forgetting about missing out on all the other things that you could be doing. If you've already decided that this is something that you want to get done, you've already gotten specific about it and broken it down into small pieces, you should know that you can do it and not feel bad that you're not doing something else at that same moment. Hire a babysitter so your kids are well cared for and you don't feel guilty focusing on getting something done that you have already decided that you want to do. 
forget about that mom guilt for a second because you are going to feel happier and better as a mom for your kids when you are able to also make some other stuff happen in your life that you want to do. If you are someone who wants to travel and you get super wanderlusty, but you can't ever decide where to go because there's so many places you want to go, buy a plane ticket to a city that you know you want to see and don't feel bad that you're not going to the other hundred places that are also on your list because going somewhere is better than thinking about going all of the places and not deciding to actually just go. One afternoon, (laughs) a couple years ago, I decided I wanted to build this wooden pergola for the backyard to hang twinkle lights. This was in our backyard in Texas and we had this big cement pad that we eventually had planned on building an outdoor kitchen on, but we weren't to that phase of our landscaping yet. But I decided I would make a small wooden pergola to hang twinkle lights on in the yard. So I designed it. I got specific. I made a list. It was a pretty simple plan. I'll also put a a link to the DIY for this pergola in the show notes. It turned out real cute. So I went to the store. I had my kids with me. So we went to to Home Depot. We got the wood. We drilled. I had my kids help me plant. A neighbor, backyard neighbor, came over to help me hang up the string lights and the final steps. We spent about five or six hours on it. And then the kids and I sat beneath these beautiful twinkle lights as it got dark and talked about how fun it had been to do this project. And I told the kids, okay, it's time to get ready for the for bed. And Elliot, my middle son, said, mom, we can't go to bed because we didn't eat dinner yet. And I was like, oh no, we were so focused on getting this project done and we did it all together and it was really fun. We had totally ignored everything else to the point that none of us had even eaten yet. And they were so sweet, they hadn't even complained about it. So we needed to do dinner and then we could get ready for bed. So that's an extreme example. I don't often forget to eat sometimes, but it shows the point. While I am working on something, I generally am totally ignoring everything else that I could be doing so that I can focus on getting the thing done. Number five is really, really important and also maybe a little bit controversial. So I'm really excited to see what you think about this one. My number five is done is better than perfect and done wrong is better than not done at all. We have heard all the time that the perfect is the enemy of the good and to not strive for perfection because that means you might not do everything right. But I don't know that people often take it so far as to say that doing something wrong (laughs) may be better than not doing anything. And I'm going to be that person to say that because if you don't do anything, then you don't learn anything. If you don't do anything, there is no chance at all of doing it right. We can spend so much time planning and thinking and worrying and trying to get going that we never actually do it. I am going to say that if you jump in and you do it, even if it doesn't turn out the way that you expect it to, that you will be better off than if you hadn't started at all. I use this all the time, this idea when I am sewing. People talk about measuring twice and cutting once, and yes, I totally agree with that. But if you measure so many times that you never actually get to the cutting, then you have never, then you're not doing yourself any favors. I have actually gone to the point with my sewing projects where I feel rather reckless. I just cut. I just do it. And if I mess up, then it's okay. I can throw it away and start again. I have learned more from making mistakes as I'm sewing and making those projects than I ever have by following the instructions exactly and doing everything perfectly. I don't know that I've ever done a project where everything went perfectly. I don't know if that's possible. So 
if we can just take that off the table, that this thing that you choose and that you want to do and that you plan and break down into little steps is going to go perfectly, take the perfection off the table and just allow yourself to go for it. That's what my entire first episode was about. That is where all of this magic of getting stuff done actually happens. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm so reckless that I'm just like randomly doing things all the time and I don't care how they turn out because I do want things to be beautiful. I want things to be done well. I try my hardest. A lot of the time, things turn out incredibly. They turn out better than I could have expected. Sometimes, however, things don't go quite as I expect and I always feel better that I've done it. Another reason why this one is really important is because if you do something wrong, you are very likely to fix it. And if you never start, then you might not have anything to fix. So you might not ever get to it at all. An example of this might be trying to choose a piece of furniture. I know as a young married couple, we didn't have very much money. There were times when I thought, I'm just going to wait until I can get the just right piece of furniture. If I had waited for the just right thing, then I never would have had any furniture. (laughs) So I got over that really quick and I started just getting things that I liked okay and allowing myself to know I'm not married to this piece of furniture. It's not going to be in my house forever. I can do what I can to fix it. I did a lot of like painting things, changing the legs on things, refinishing things, adding pillows to cover up the ugliness of something. It wasn't always perfect. Sometimes it was done wrong. Sometimes I didn't love the bedspread. Sometimes I didn't love the chair. But it was done. And then I had a starting place and something that I could trade in from or that I could move up from or we had somewhere to sit. We had somewhere to sleep. I fear that sometimes people in wanting to do everything just right and make sure that they're making the perfect, correct, absolutely best decision that they can make don't ever actually get past that. Hang something up on the wall, and if you have to make 13 holes to get it straight and even, so be it. Do you know how easy it is to fill a hole in the wall? Real easy, friends. I do it all the time. (laughs) Just do the thing. Allow yourself to do it wrong. Expect that you might do it wrong. Know that doing it wrong is better because you learn as you go. As I said in episode one, the purpose is the process. All of these things that we want to do only happen if we do them. I think sometimes when people ask me how I get so much stuff done, they think that I'm doing every single thing according to this perfect master plan. And I'm just making it up as I go. I am just winging it most of the time. I see something that I want to do and I decide to do it and I just try it. I just jump in and allow myself to make mistakes along the way. That is probably the biggest piece of advice that I can give you as far as how I get stuff done is by doing it without expecting that it will always be perfect. So I hope this has been helpful for you, for me to break down a little bit of some of the steps that I use when I'm getting stuff done. I'm going to go back over them one more time. And of course, all of this will be in the show notes at livefreecreative.co backsplash, backsplash, (laughs) not backsplash, backslash podcast. You can see a renovation on the brain. Okay, how I get stuff done. Number one, choose something. It doesn't matter what, just choose something that you know that you want to do. Number two, get really specific. Break it down so you know exactly what you want it to look like so that you know what to get started on. 
Number three is to break that specific thing down into small pieces, bite-sized pieces that you can do in small amounts of time or with limited resources. Number four, ignore everything else for a minute. Don't try to multitask it. When you have decided you're going to do the thing, just do it and forget about the other stuff for a little bit so that you can actually get it done. Number five, done is better than perfect and done wrong is better than not done at all. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Thank you so much for being here. You know, the best way that you can support me is to share this podcast with your friends and family. Take a screenshot, put it on Instagram, leave a review on Apple, send it to your sister, send it to your mom, send it to your cousin. I love hearing what you think, and I thank you so much for being my tribe, for being my supporters. I will be here next week. Have a good one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.